Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say What's up, what? Doc G? How's it going, man? Hope you love my uh, this nice HD quality Listeners, webcam. I am <laughs> looking at Mike in the finest quality of video mm-hmm. you it's have ever good. seen. So if it's you so true. go on to our Instagram and check a couple of videos out, you'll be blown away. Yeah. My video quality, you'll be like, well, that's <laughs> But you'll look over <laughs> at Mike's and you'll be like, oh my, what is what is happening right now? Am I watching a, a movie? An yeah. M, M. Night Shyamalan movie? Mm, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Uh, there won't be any ghost or weird things, but no, no twist, just good, but high good quality. Bit. Yeah, yeah, just good HD. Might be better than your eyes, your actual eyes. This quality, I think might it is be better than. I, don't I know. think it is. Was his last movie the weird <laughs> one where people just like age super fast on the hmm. beach? I don't know. The last one I heard about was the Elevator movie. And oh. That was it. Yeah. Maybe that one came after. I can't remember. There was I one. Was before. I'm, I think there was I'm, one more after. I, I'm pretty sure it was him, and I was just like, that's your, I mean, I get it. Nobody wants to get old, but, like, that's your scary movie? It's just like, time. Ah, like, dumb. Anyways, I got sidetracked, Mike. Let me tell you about something else dumb that I like. Uh, BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh, yeah. So fun. You know? know? BuzzFeed quizzes. I don't do them all the time. Nope. But they're pretty known for their ridiculous quizzes. Mm-hmm. Movies, pop culture, food. I took one the other day. Uh, it, it wrote me in. I saw it and I was <laughs> like, ah, I got to try this one. I got to try this one. Um, and the, the one that I took like a month ago was it, they could guess your age from the pop culture answers that you gave. Hmm. So, like, you know, they'd give you choices and be like, which one do you relate to the most? Or which one do you consider this or that? And they, like, got it down to, like, a, like a, I think it was, like, a month range of, like, three months. And they nailed it. They nailed it. And I was like, all right. Well done. Well done. Within three months, too, is pretty good. That's pretty pretty accurate. Three three months of my birthday? And, like, it was like, I think it was 12 questions or something. Hmm. But, Mike, this time, this past weekend, there was another quiz. I stumbled across a quiz that was titled Using Artificial Intelligence. This quiz will show you what your soulmate looks like. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Soulmate. It's a big one. It's a heavy. It's, it's a very heavy. heavy. Person. Yeah. By the a... way, Mike, whenever you hear uh, artificial intelligence and they shorten it to AI, do you automatically think of Allen Iverson walking over Tyron Lou? Because that's what I always think. <laughs> a little like, bit, yeah. A I hear bit. AI and I'm like, yeah, oh, uh, robots. Nobody wants that. Okay. I thought we were talking about cornrows and number three, my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, no, robots. Anywho. Yeah. 
Mike, this quiz, uh, I was, I was I, again, roped in. I was like, well, I got to waste some time to see what this is all about. <laughs> so uh, I decided let's, let's find out what my soulmate looks like. Um, and when you think about it, really, like, it's a really weird thing. They're telling you that from some personality questions that you prefer, they're going to judge a book by its cover and show you a person you will like. Yes! Hmm. Now, I'll, I'll let okay. you know what my person looked like. That's that's Can't coming wait. at the end. Um, but on top of that, you also, like, I thought about, like, after, like, when I was getting ready to take this quiz, I was like, what else, like, what do you do with these results? Hmm. Like, once I get these results, like, what do I just walk around? Like, that's pretty close. Hmm. You know, uh, oh, you're, yeah. you're almost, you... You definitely are the person then. Let's, you're my soulmate. BuzzFeed has told me. So let's go <laughs> ahead and head out. Um, like, it's just ridiculous. But mm, that's a fact. then I got into the actual questions, Mike. And uh, wow, these questions mm. are ridiculous. Now, uh, the first question that I got first question What is your ideal first date? The mm. options are take a ceramic class, huh? browsing a bookstore, nope. going to a football game, nope. going to an amusement park, nope. baking something new together, nope. or picnic on a beach. Nope. Hmm. So very aggressive first dates, in my opinion. Like my response was, <laughs> who does these things on a first? Day. Yeah. Where's no way. Where's my option for eating a meal of food? <laughs> like, what is? I mean, so like, I went with the picnic on a beach because I was like, I guess that's the closest to just food. But I'm not gonna put everything in a picnic basket and go no. out there and get sand up my <laughs> and all kinds of other things. No. Mm -hmm. Jeez, ridiculous, Mike. <laughs> And so automatically after I answered that question, I was like, "Where? how is this going to find what my soulmate looks like? Second question, what's your relationship green flag? Hmm. So this one's going to get you, this is the person. When you see them do this, here's your options. They have ambitious career goals. Word. They always have snacks on hand. Huh? They have a playlist for every occasion. They get along well with kids. They always offer to carry the heavy bag. What? Or they love trying new foods. Those are the options. Why, why would any of these things be a green flag to a relationship? Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, first of all, yeah. Why is the heavy bags an option? Where is where are these people going that heavy bags are always necessary? <laughs> oh, thank God. I've got this partner that loves carrying heavy bags. And, Green flag. <laughs> and then second, why is this person always so lazy that they can't carry the heavy bag? They're like, oh, finally, this person's here. Like, just weird. Weird. Yeah, I don't know about that, Doc G. It seems data collecting, information gathering, just so they can advertise huge bags to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and then 
Then picnic basket. The next question, very weird, Mike. Next question: Which of these things would you order on a first date? Which I was confused by this question because I was like, "Hey, I thought I was going to make ceramics or to an amusement park, <laughs> not eating." But regardless, here are their options for food. They say pizza, salad, steak, pasta, poke bowl, or tacos. Mmm, poke bowl. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I, I would not eat, like, all of those things are on the table. There's no reason why one of those things would be deleted. Like Wait, nachos? Hmm. Uh, no, nachos Nacho? weren't on. Tacos. Oh, sorry. Tacos. Tacos. Mind, yeah. Like, I would eat I any of those things at any time. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. see anything like, you know, colon cleanser 2000 on the list. That'd be the only thing <laughs> that I would avoid for sure. Uh, so I don't really get why those food, like, again, it was very tough for me to be like, pizza, I guess? I don't, I don't know. know. Doctor, you, you wouldn't eat baby back ribs on a first date, would you? Or something I like feel, corn on the cob with your hands? I'm dumb enough to do it, yes. I wouldn't, like, <laughs> my love for food trumps that so much of the date that I'd be like, oh, they got good ribs? They're award-winning yeah. ribs? Okay, I'm not stopping now. Sorry. <laughs> you don't mind. I'm going to be a savage. I'm going to get in there. <laughs> and just to let you know, I don't use the napkin until I'm done. Ew. So it's going to be <laughs> everywhere, folks. No, no, no. Uh, I do have a friend that does that, Mike. Whenever he has mm. ribs, he doesn't clean himself. Because uh, he's like, there's no commits. there's no use, man. There's no u-. And I'm like, there's a use. We're all disgusted. Yeah. You're disgusting. Yeah. He yeah, literally he's got like sauce on his arms and just like all <laughs> and you're just like, Good lord. <laughs> he's like wearing goggles. Yeah, he just goes in. He goes in. Yeah. Uh this question, I think it's just more poorly worded than like harder to answer, but it's uh which of these vacation destinations would you choose to visit with your significant other? New York City, London. Sydney, Tokyo, Sao Paulo, or Dubai. Hmm. And again, Definitely th- not Sao Paulo. that's one that I, I feel like, though, it would be more like, which would you prefer most? Because mm. like none, yeah. none of those I would like turn down 100%. I'd like to go to all of those at some point. Uh, it's just, I you know, like, how much money does it cost and when are we going? That's more of the thing, you know? <laughs> What's the time of year? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's not like they have, like, Tehran and Moscow on this list that I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. no offense, yeah. Moscow listeners or Tehran listeners. I, your government just might kill us because we're from America. Mm-hmm. That's all we're saying. It's not you. Yeah. The people are lovely. Yeah. Um, next question. This one really got me, Mike. Which of these aesthetics is most compatible with yours? So we're looking at the aesthetic, and we've got soft, dark academia, alternative, cottage core, skater, or glam. Hmm. Yeah, I was really confused by this one because I have no clue what cottage core is. Nope. <laughs> I had to no Google idea. it, and apparently, it's just sort of looks like a cottage. You just sort of set everything up like a cottage. And I was like, it sounds more like some kind of weird mix of, like, bluegrass and metal music. I listen to cottagecore <laughs> now. It's hardcore. You don't even know. It's weird. I think 
I'm pretty sure I went with dark ac uh, academia on that one, but I was still yeah. like, I, I don't want to go that all the time. I don't want to just mm -hmm. stay in Hogwarts all the time and be like, huh, <laughs> yeah, feel great in here. <laughs> Anyways, so I completed the quiz, Mike. And uh, not surprisingly, the lady that came out was very attractive. Say what? Very attractive lady. I, 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 I was, nice. I was thinking when it came out, like I was like, is there any way that you can get like a hideous person that is generated on this, like a person that just comes out with like monkey pox on their face and just like a giant hook nose, like she's the wicked witch of the West, and you're just like, <laughs> ooh, yikes! Ah, must All have been right. the picnic. <laughs> My soulmate, I guess. Okay. <laughs> But uh, I noticed, I took a little note. I, I'll, I'll put this on uh, social media for the folks. But I think my soulmate, I took a screenshot of it. I think my mm. artificial intelligence soulmate looks like a mix between Adriana Lima, you know, from uh, Victoria's Secret, and Michelle Rodriguez from the first Fast and the Furious. Mm. If mm. you sort of mix them together and then cut their hair short. That's... Ooh. Okay. That's, I mean, obviously, those two ladies, uh, pleasing on the eyes. So, very, very pleasing on the eyes. So, yeah. you know, not not bad. But I was just like, how? Again, I'm very confused. How did these answers get this lady? How? Yeah. And how? I don't know. And how would this lady see this homeless face and be like, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Right there. Got it. That's right. Anyways, listeners, if you'd like to waste more time of your life on this ridiculous idea, head on over to BuzzFeed and find out what your fake AI soulmate looks like, just like I did. It's a good time. It's a good time. So true. And we're not even sponsored by BuzzFeed, guys. Not even nope. sponsored. Not Mike, yet. while they're doing that, do you want to fire up the show? Let's fire it up, Doc G. What do we got? It's up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Mike, great show. Great show. We've got the fantastic Brad Corrigan, one of the founding members of Dispatch on the show. My goodness. I, I think I have mentioned already on the show I have loved their song, The General, for so long. We're going to talk about that with Brad. We're going to talk about uh, some new tunes of theirs. They're coming to St. Augustine in just about a month here at the Amphitheater. They told me, Brad told me after we got uh, off the interview that uh, he, he'd reserve some spots for me. So, oh, yeah. Word. So, nice. if I get down there and there's no spots uh, reserved for me, oh, oh, there will be a stern email written to somebody, listeners. <laughs> you better believe it. That's a fact. You better believe it. But I'm sure I'm <laughs> Brad wouldn't do that to me. He wouldn't do that to me, guys. Nope. For, first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Birthday suit. Yes, indeed. Mike, I think the first one you've got. Okay. It's, it's not a sport for you, but I still think you can do it. It's Just an ultra famous person. <laughs> it's baseball. Okay. Uh, are, do you know any baseball, really? Doc G, I played minor league. Oh, of I was course, seven. I forgot one, about that. One year, one um, season. That's amazing. <laughs> I got a card. I got a baseball card. We're it, doing it. It's there. Uh, <laughs> born on July 27th, 1975 in Washington Heights, New York. Our birthday suit wearer was four when he moved 
with his family to Miami. He started playing sports at a young age. He loved baseball and football. He eventually focused solely on baseball. His senior year, he was considered Gatorade's Baseball Player of the Year and became the first high school player to try out for the U.S. national team uh, as a high schooler. He went straight out of high school to the major leagues, uh, being selected first overall by the Mariners. He played with the Mariners until 2000, then with the Texas Rangers, and then with the Yankees. Over his career, he was a 14-time All-Star, a World Series Mm. champion, a 10-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and a 5-time Home Run leader. He retired in 2016 and became an announcer on multiple programs, including Sunday Night Baseball, Fox Sports, and ABC News. He's also on Shark Tank. He went out with Jennifer Lopez for four years before he started mm. dating, uh, before she started dating, <laughs> Balma said he started, before she started dating Ben Affleck. He's not dating Ben Affleck. Jennifer Lopez is. She's married to him. Which, by the way, I saw some pictures of him on their honeymoon. That guy always looks disgruntled. Dude always oh, yeah. looks disgruntled. Ben Affleck. Always. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Always. Yeah. It's one of those guys you're just like, be happy, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> Get happy. That's a fact. Anyways, this isn't about Ben Affleck. Nope. Our birthday suit wear recently bought half of the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise with all of his baseball money. Also, side note, he had issues with steroids twice in his, uh, ber- uh, or in his uh, baseball career. He has a very famous nickname that he goes by. Name that birthday suit. There it is. A Rod is correct. Yes. A Rod Alex Rodriguez. Boom. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Turning 47, Mike. 47. Good for him. Half owner of the Timberwolves now. Yeah. You say that? Yeah. What? Wild. Yeah. Yeah, he just sort of did that casually. Just went out there. I mean, that's what you can do, too, when you got baseball money. My God, yeah. those guys get some money. Like mm-hmm. they—they're literally up to like the the all stars are up to like uh like salaries of like half a billion dollars. Jeez! Like there are Wild. people out there that are like getting four hundred and eighty million dollars over a ten year span. And the crazy thing with <sighs> baseball too is you know that the last like four years of their career they're just gonna suck. It. They're chilling. Like, they're, they're just chilling. They're going to get old. They're not going to be interested because they're already getting the money now. Yep. They're just like, whatever. They're I'm in getting, the outfield just chilling. I'm getting 48. <laughs> I, I had, a, I had, we, we had a, a intro one time to the show about that, about how like I came in one day and ESPN was on and like I was confused because it, the, the announcer didn't sound that good on the baseball game. And then I realized it was just one of the outfielders that the announcers were talking to during the game. They just gave wow. him a mic and he's just out there like, eh, so anyways, I mean, we got to play in Minnesota next week, which would be nice. Uh, we always play pretty good there. We've got a good lineup for the pitches. Uh, they just, yeah, he got a strike. Yeah, yeah. He's got, what's the count now? 2 2? Okay. Uh, anyways, and I was just like. <laughs> What wow, others? Oh, that's crazy. What other sport can you have a casual conversation just hanging? Like it's so. I don't know. Such an awesome job. I mean, yeah. there's no way in hell I would ever be able to do it. But such an awesome job. 
Anyways, happy birthday to A-Rod, half-owner of the Timberwolves, owner of so many other things. He's just on the on the TV all the time. My goodness, that guy. Yeah. Just, he's doing he's doing he's doing all right for himself. He's doing Definitely. good. He's doing yeah. good. We'll see if I can get him on the show. I can't, but we'll see. Nope. Go ahead and write that down. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Yeah, write that down, Doc G. Write it down. That's <laughs> always they say, you know, you write it down. That's half putting it into the, you know, oh, yeah. into the cosmos. Oh, yeah. The secret. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? <laughs> yeah, what do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Oh, good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. We are starting, Mike. News out of a P County. That's oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. P County. Uh, some might say the classiest of all P counties. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't know if you know all the P counties. There are five P counties. Can I try? Can I try? Oh, okay. So, P- Pinellas, Pinellas. Yeah. Pasco. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. You know one other. You're just not thinking of it. Right above Oak, Broward. Pinellas, Pasco. Hmm. Ah, I said that. I don't know. Pa- yeah, I don't know. Palm Beach. It's Palm Beach. Beach. I, well, actually, no. I didn't know that was a county. <laughs> Palm Beach <laughs> no. County. Palm Beach County. And then the other one, Putnam, which is really close uh, to us. Okay. Putnam's right up here. Yes! They don't hold mm. a candle. Don't hold a candle to Pasco and Pulp. But uh, anyways, we got Pinellas here. A little bit classier, but the story definitely not. Nope. Uh, last week, uh, Blairum Lejena definitely botched his name. That's a fact. Blairum Lejena, so I'll say it Sweet. again. Uh, the owner of Brick House Pizza on North Missouri Avenue uh, was arrested for apparently selling just as many drugs as pizzas out of Brick House Pizza. Hmm. Uh, when Blarem was uh, arrested by the police, they found 11 different types of narcotics at Brickhouse Pizza. Wait, what? Which, Mike, I checked the menu. Not a single one of them was on the menu. Girl, come on. Not a single one. So apparently it's sort of a, like an In-N-Out burger. You, you know? gotta ask for the other menu. Secret <laughs> menu. Yeah, you gotta wink, wink. Gotta, gotta go in there. But uh, now, not too surprisingly, Blarem was arrested for all kinds of different things. Uh, he was arrested for trafficking amphetamines, operating a drug house, sell of a controlled substance, and this was my favorite, unlawful use of a two-way communication device. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. That's an which, interesting one. Which I guess it's just, you know, it's it's a safety net to catch anything that people are communicating on, you know. But, like, which made me think, I guess you could hypothetically get arrested for, like, you know, asking for drugs on a telegraph machine. Sweet. Need drugs now. <laughs> click, 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 click. Like, I mean, it just seems a little weird. Any two-way device, beeper, uh, text, instant messenger, anything. Anything out there. It's a very yeah. catch-all. Yeah, uh, it is a catch-all charge. I feel like anybody could get that Yeah. for anything. Yeah. Lastly, Mike, despite the charges, I did look at the actual menu. To check it out. <laughs> and I want people to know the cheesesteak pizza looks pretty killer. Ah. It looks pretty good. Pizza. It looks pretty. I mean, listeners, just keep in mind you may get a little crack sprinkled on top, but still, <laughs> it looks good. 
It mm-hmm. looks good. So just keep it in mind. Uh, the owner's not there anymore. I don't know. I guess they're still operating. Mm. I, don't know. I don't know what happened. I'll follow up. I'm following up. I'm putting it right below A-Rod here. Um, <laughs> okay, Mike, another story from Florida. And I really feel like this guy did not get the memo that he should be living in a, in a P County. He should mm. be there. He should be there. He was actually in Lake County. Um, uh, Lake County. Yeah, so a 55-year-old man was arrested this past Friday when a woman called the police to let them know that the man she had been staying with was making bombs and booby traps in his house and was planning on blowing up his house and the street on or the street that his house is on. Essentially the whole subdivision pretty much with all of his bombs. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Law enforcement spoke to multiple neighbors who said the man uh, fired his guns regularly from within the home and saw him detonate explosive devices on his property. And neighbors said the explosion was forceful enough to shake the walls within their home. Hmm. I don't know, Mike. I feel like I would I would have called the cops on him already at that point. Just just me. I, I you know you know me. I, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, they talked You're to one guy. of his neighbors, Anna Ramirez, and she said, "I told my husband, my goodness, we are alive. Amen. Amen." Then she said, "I love him as a neighbor, but there is a limit." And I think he needs help. Hmm. Yeah, Anna, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. <laughs> a neighbor plans on blowing up the neighborhood? They lose my love as a neighbor. I'm no yeah. longer a fan of them. Like, <laughs> that, like, okay, let's say uh, his mail gets put in your mailbox. That's something you still love him as a neighbor. Uh, he yeah. plans on blowing up all the houses in the neighborhood? <laughs> No longer your love as a no. neighbor. No. 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 Lastly on this story, Mike, let's go back to the very start of the story. I know everybody needs somebody, but who the F is this lady that was staying with this dude? Like, <laughs> who Who was this lady that was like, oh, you know what? Jeff is acting really weird. He is just making bombs <laughs> left and right in here. This is but it's so hard. The rent is a hundred dollars. I might as well. <laughs> and then after his fiftieth bomb, she was like, "All right, that's that's the final right. straw. I gotta, I I'm gotta giving c- you a month notice. <laughs> gotta call this guy in." Um, Mike, relatively new industry is exploding in the Midwest. Mm. Great Lake cruises, huh? Yeah. Mm. Taking a cruise ship. Didn't expect that. On the Great Lakes. Yeah. No and and no. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, people have been like, whoa, cruise in the Caribbean? No way. That's crazy. How about a boat on the Great Lakes? Yes. And that's Hmm. Chicago to Sheboygan? You know it. Let's do it. Right? Hmm. That's what they've been doing. Um, I just have to say, Mike, just remember, <laughs> listeners, just just think about it. Gordon Lightfoot warned us about this. All right? You get these Great Lake ships out there, don't be fools. 
You do not want to end up like the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm-mm. Nope. That joke was for all the listeners that are fans of 70s soft rock, Mike. Mm-hmm. 70s soft rock listeners will be like, God, that Gordon Lightfoot joke was right on point. So true. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike, let's head to India. Mm. You might have seen this story. This story was pretty pretty popular out there in the social medias and everything. Uh, Punjab's chief minister, Bhagwat Mon, uh, went down to the uh, Kali... Kali Bean River to celebrate an anniversary. Back in okay. 2000, it was pretty big news that they cleaned up the river. Like they did a thorough cleaning. They went through and just like removed every all pollution, right? That's good. Yeah. yeah. That was back in 2000, right? Yeah. It's gotten pretty nasty since then. I mean, mm. millions of people pollute that per day. None, yeah. Nonetheless, the chief minister thought, you know what? I am going to prove how clean this thing still is. Mm. So he went down there and got a full glass of water from the river mm. and drank the whole effing thing. Ew. He just went down there, like four of his dudes standing beside behind him. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, mm, mm, mm. oh yeah. So good. So delicious. It didn't take long before he was in the hospital, Mike. It literally uh, was a couple of hours, and he was wow. in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. With mm. uh, apparently, as the uh, as the news uh, channels were reporting, severe stomach pains. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Can't come, imagine. Come on, He's got everything. You get everything from that one glass of water. Yeah, come on. All G- the stomach viruses. You All know, you know your city better than that, Chief Minister. You know it better. Like, don't try to prove a point you know isn't true. No like, way. that'd be like the mayor of Charleston, West Virginia, holding a press conference to tell everybody that her city has the best dental hygiene. Like, <laughs> we love you, West Virginia, but there's a toothless guy standing behind your mayor. We know that's <laughs> not true. Come on, come on. It's just. A little bit ridiculous, Mike. Uh, nonetheless. Yeah. Why would we, you do that? We hope he's okay. We hope we you're do. okay. Bogwat, we're looking out for you, man. We're looking out for you. Um, Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, monkeypox is still around. Yeah, it's still a thing. Yep. Not only is it still around, it's proliferating a little bit. Jeez. Uh-oh. Yeah. And it's actually been declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. Um, yeah. Now, Mike, what seems to really be driving the spread of monkeypox is actually sexual activity, specifically mm-hmm. dude-on-dude sexual activity. Um, yep. Benjamin Ryan, who is a prominent health writer, he's written for the New York Magazine, uh, Washington Post, New York Times. He thought folks were getting a little hysteric out there, getting a little too up in arms about monkeypox. So he thought he'd send a tweet to sort of put out the real information about monkeypox, you know? But thanks to a one-letter omission in his tweet, instead of tamping down hysteria... He made one of the most hilarious tweets I have read in a long time. (laughs) See if you can catch the typo, listeners. Here we go. Benjamin Ryan tweeted, 
This uh, this misinformation about monkeypox. The outbreak is occurring almost entirely among men who have sex with me. Wait, what? Public health experts agree that sexual contact is the principal driver of transmission and have asserted that the risk to kids remains very low. Mm. In case you missed it there, listeners, men who have sex with me. If mm-hmm. you were wondering, it did not take long for Twitter to jump on that with a fury. There were all <laughs> kinds of jokes headed Benjamin Ryan's way. Mm. When you declare that all of monkeypox is due to dudes having sex with you, get ready for some jokes. Get ready for some jokes. And then he had to send out like five different apology tweets after that. Just too late. They're they're relentless, man. It's Twitter. Yeah. Relentless. Yeah, instantly too late. You're not you're not getting away from that. You're not getting away from that. Um, Rest of your life. Mike, another story real quick. This one real quick before we go to break here. There was a viral video from down in the Keys this past weekend of a man uh, shark fishing with his family. And in the video, it's only about a 20-second video there on uh, TikTok, he's trying to get his line away from the shark's mouth. The shark's probably about like four feet long. The shark whipped backs on him. Some of the teeth hit this guy's pinky, and his pinky is cut off. Oh, man. Literally whips back and just whips this finger right off. Ooh. Now, obviously, Mike, not funny at all that this dude lost his finger. No. But his reaction was definitely funny. <laughs> oh, really? He was he was laughing about it? He was not laughing, but just his reaction, because it happens, and instead of being like, oh, my Jesus, no. Instead, he goes, no, oh, I lost my pinky. That was, <laughs> that was literally, I lost my pinky. Like, like a normal person reacts to the Taco Bell for getting their hot sauce. He was like, no. Oh, pinky there it goes just yeah. like no, no word yet mike if they have reattached it no word if it has been mm. reattached but he I did go to the know. hospital he had giant galls all over it there was an update another real weird side about that mike i still just i still don't know why all social medias just have a like button you know because there were a million uh, 1.3 million likes on that and i was like are we liking that the dude lost his finger yeah, yeah, he lost it. Good, finally got rid of that pink. Like, just seems a little weird. Like, there should be yeah, a right? like concerny face button that you're like, yikes. Yeah, Ew. some heart emojis, some care emojis. Yeah, something, something, something out there. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, we are gonna take a break. We are going to be right back. We are gonna hear my favorite song of Dispatch right now, "The General," right here on the Doc G Show.
There was a decorated general with a heart of gold that likened him to all the stories he told of past battles won and lost and legends of old. A seasoned veteran in his own time, on the battlefield he gained respectful fame with many medals of bravery and stripes to his name. He grew a beard as soon as he could to cover the scars on his face and always urged his men on. But on the eve of a great battle with the infantry and dream, the old general tossed in his sleep and wrestled with its meaning. He awoke from that night to tell what he had seen and walked slowly out of his tent. All the men held tall with their chests in the air, with the courage in their blood and a fire in their stare. And it was a great morning, and they all wondered how they would fare. To the old general, told them to go home. He said, I have seen the others, and I have discovered that this fight is not worth fighting. And I've seen their mothers, and I will know follow me where I'm going so take a shower and shine your shoes but you got no time to lose if you are young man you must be living take a shower and shine your shoes but you got no time to lose if you are young man you must be living go now you are forgiven But the men stood fast with their guns on their shoulders Not knowing what to do with the contradicting orders The general said he would do his own duty But he extended no further The men could go as they pleased But not a man moved Their eyes gazed straight ahead Till one by one they stepped back And not a word was said And the old general was left with his own words Echoing in his head He then prepared to fight He said I have seen the others And I have discovered That this fight is not worth fighting no, and I've seen their mothers, and I will no other to follow me where I'm going. So, take a shower and shine your shoes. Oh, you got no time to lose. You are young man, you must be living. Yeah, take a shower and shine your shoes. Oh, you got no time to lose. You are young man, you must be living.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? They need to follow. They need to subscribe to the show. They need to do whatever they can to support with their with their ears and with their eyes. I don't know what I'm talking about, Doc G. And their hearts. And their hearts. And their hearts. Their hearts. From the heart. Yeah. We need to feel your love, listeners, mm-hmm. and not in a creepy way, not in a wholesome way. way. We need to feel it in mm-hmm. a wholesome way. You guys need to support us, and we will support you. We will. With Word. pointless, waste of time mm-hmm. content that yep. we have been serving up for six years, mm-hmm. guys. It's so true. Yeah. Six years. And every now and then, we bring on musicians and other great artists that actually do provide worthwhile content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Come on do. now. Come on. You they need definitely. to subscribe. You need to give us a five star. You need to get out there and help us out. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And all those that are already doing that, thanks. Thank you. Amen. Thanks. Yep. Mike, we need to we need to shout out the regulars. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out. Okay, here we go. Let's get the regulars going. Wait, hold on. I lost my spot. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom Rivers, New Jersey, Olivia, Brant, Olivia, Olive Branch, Mississippi, (laughs) and Los Angeles, California. Shout out. Mike, we've got one person or one city that could be moving to the regulars next week with that great group that I just mentioned. Mm. Asheville, North Carolina. Hey. Asheville gets one more week up there. They're regulars. They are regulars. I love it. And they are leading off the semi-regulars this week, Mike. Semi-regulars, here we go. Asheville, North Carolina. Dallas, Texas. Lombard, Illinois. Chevy Chase, Maryland. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more Neat. more on that in just a little bit. Uh big <laughs> Big Sky Montana. Beaumont, Texas. Louisville, Kentucky. Mason City, Illinois. San Antonio, Texas, Baltimore, Maryland, Ithaca, New York, Chicago, Illinois, Washington, D.C., Raleigh, North Carolina, and Beaverton, Oregon. Shout out. Nice. There we go. Chevy Chase, not because of the actor, Mike. Hmm. Totally thought it was some kind of like, you know, citywide, let's vote on a name. And then they were like, Chevy Chase, we love that dude. Saturday Night Live, nice. (laughs) No. No, was not it. It's the Chevy Chase Land Company in the 1890s bought that land. There was a land company all the way back in the 1890s, and that's where it came from. Wow. Another dude named Chevy Chase. Hmm. Nobody remembers his comedy. Nobody. Just remember his land. Just. And now Chevy Chase, Maryland. There it is. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Mike, little miscellaneous file here. Mm, Need to open it up. Uh, First off, in the miscellaneous file, Mike, have you seen uh, Patty Pimblet? Hmm. No idea what that is. Patty the Batty in UFC. He's the he's the new hot dude in UFC. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, but no. Nope. Nothing. This dude is super mega ultra British. That's a fact. Like, it really seems like to me Dana White and the other UFC folks were sitting around like, hey, we need another Conor McGregor. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but this time, let's make him British instead of Irish. Yeah. And we'll turn the British up to like 11. Yeah. He's got like, he's got a... He's got like a Beatles hairdo, except it's all blonde, mm. and it's just this mop of hair. And then he says lad with every single thing he says. So true. Literally, like <laughs> he ends everything with lad. Lad. Nice. It's ridiculous. Anyways, he won this past weekend there, so there you go. So cool. get ready to see a lot of Patty the Batty. He's going to be Patty around, the Batty. You're going to see him. You're going to. And also, can you get any more British than Patty? P A D D Y, Patty. Anyways, he could kick. <laughs> okay, um, uh, Mike, this is something that I had to bring up because this is this is starting to really irritate me. I, I mentioned the ridiculousness a little bit. Uh, uh, people taking their protective uh, nature up to a, a high level there with wearing a mask when nobody else is around. This is the flip side of that, Mike. I love how a lot of people immediately after the rules of the pandemic were lessened that they just immediately forgot germs exist. Mm. Like, I had somebody come into my office and basically cough into my face the other day and then go, oh, oh don't worry, I don't have COVID. Ew. Mm. Thank you. So... I'm still not a fan of any other diseases you may have. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want that. Let me get mm -hmm. the mucus off my forehead. Good lord. What is that is disgusting. What is that, Mike? Like, it I seems like people just completely forgot. Like, oh yeah, I, I oh right, other things still happen. Yeah, the flu is still, still a thing that is not yeah. delightful at all. No. Nope. I would like to avoid one hundred percent. And I'm pretty sure that's how it uh, spreads. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It is. Yeah. And the common spreads. cold and many, the mm -hmm. whooping cough. I don't want yeah. whooping cough. Nobody wants that. Yeah. You, you cough until you throw up, listeners. You oh, can literally throw goodness. up from coughing so much. Because you're on a mask immediately, Doc G. Oh, you. I'm gonna. I am gonna. Anyways, uh,. There's just a couple things I want to point out there, Mike. They didn't really have much to do with anything. Um, Mike, I do want to introduce a new segment, though. And this is me and you. This is uh, catering a little bit to what we were talking about with the social medias, Mike. Hmm. Uh, and folks sort of focus their attention span. It doesn't last much. Yeah. So hmm. this is taking some news stories and condensing them down to a very short amount of information. This is what I call quick hitters, Mike. Okay. It's a very inventive name. Nope. No <laughs> one's ever used that before. Um, okay, here we go. Mike Eminem posted a video on social media of him and Snoop telling stories about back in the day. They're promoting a new song they have, and at one point, Snoop reminded Eminem that he was in the Still Dre video. And Eminem couldn't remember this happening. Huh? Snoop was like, yeah, you were there. You were on the beach. There are a bunch of girls running around you. And he's like, what? I was? Somebody's going to have to pull this up. Mike, if a man that smokes roughly five pounds of weed a day is beating you in a memory contest, 
you may have a problem. Eminem, yeah. what is going on with your memory? Why can Snoop remember this? This is frightening. Mm. I don't know. That seems like a pretty wild day. I'd probably try to, I'd probably remember something think. like that. But you're famous. You've had a lot you know, going on. You've had famous. a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tom Brady sent WNBA All-Star MVP Kelsey Plum a signed Tom Brady jersey, and she posted a video where she was hysterically happy about the gift. And I thought, man... It's got to be nice when you're so famous. You can send another MVP athlete your jersey with your signature as a gift, and they're like, best gift ever. Oh, my God, that's so awesome. (laughs) Can you imagine how easy Christmas is for Tom Brady? All right, we'll just... Signature, there you go. Here's another one for you. There it is. Seriously. There you go. Very nice. Here, I'll just I'll just touch this bottle yeah. and send that to somebody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Coughed on that for there you. Go. There it is. <laughs> whooping cough. Tom Brady whooping no cough. Um, Mike TMZ reported that Saweetie, the rapper, Saweetie, quote, shot her shot. She, as the uh, as the news article said, shoots her shot with a handsome fan at the Rolling Loud Festival. Which I watched the video, and I'm going to step in and say, Mike, I am more confident in that shot than a Steph Curry three free throw. There's no, there yeah. is no chance that that dude is like, mm, you, you know what? No Let's way. focus on the music, sweetie. Uh, lo- just hey, finish the concert, yeah. and maybe maybe next time, maybe next time. But thanks, yeah. like, come on, <laughs> she's not she's not shooting a shot. Nope, Mike. An emu was recently captured after more than a week of being on the loose, wandering through residential areas. Mm. Jurassic Park right there, yes. Luckily, no one was hurt. (laughs) Although roughly 400 people did end up with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Hey, there we go. There There it is. There it is. Mike, (laughs) Pat Benatar announced that she would no longer sing Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Don't know if you saw that. She said she was mm. no longer going to sing the song in concert due to the connection with gun violence. Mm. But don't worry, listeners. Saweetie will be happy to sing it because she's shooting shots left and right, everybody. Mm. We already know that. <laughs> we already know that. <laughs> Call back, everybody. Um, there we go. Mike, Betty Nash. Betty Nash just became the world record holder for longest working flight attendant. She's mm. been with American Airlines for 65 Whoa. years. Yeah. Wow. The hardest part of her job is now convincing people that planes existed 65 years <laughs> ago. Yeah, no. No, I was here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that happened. That happened. Yeah. Uh, Mike, that is quick hitters right there. Right yeah. there. Uh, Mike, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there's some there's some negative news out there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's lots some of it. there's some upsetting things out there, and every now and then when that happens on this show here, we have to do a segment that we call "Things That Don't Suck." Mm-hmm. So here we go. Things that don't suck. Let's get it. Yeah, let's do it. Things that don't suck. A list of consisting of Paul Rudd. And whatever the doc wants to say now. 
Mike, this is a segment where uh, we highlight the positive. We accentuate the positive. And I've got a, I got a story here. It'll, it'll warm your heart. It'll do a little heartwarming for you. Nice. Um, yeah, we all need it. We all need it. Uh, Mike, have you ever left your wallet somewhere? Hmm. Yes, I have. It's a downer, right? Yeah. Have you ever lost it where you actually like lost it, lost it? Never found it again? Um, no, I don't think so. Somebody actually sent me my wallet with nothing in it, but they sent me my wallet with my ID. I did lose it. So I did lose it one time in the past. I can't remember where it was. I think it was at a club, probably bar. I was drinking. Mm. You know, <laughs> shenanigans. Just leaving sh- stuff. Uh, yeah. uh, gosh. Well, I've lost mine several times. That's <laughs> And okay. uh, I've lost it to where, you know, literally nobody returned it, couldn't find it. I lost it one time. I mentioned this story on the show before. I lost it in the ocean. Definitely wasn't <sighs> finding that one again. Jumped out of a kayak, never to be seen again. Uh, <sighs> Jumped out of that kayak, forgot my wallet was in the pocket. There was no, like, Velcro or anything, and it just went floating out Mm. into the ocean. So true. Very sad. Anywho, uh, I bring that up because uh, Eliana Martin was dealing with this. Eliana Martin, she left her purse. So Eliana Martin, uh, two weeks ago in San Diego, she left her purse at Ralph's, the Ralph's grocery store. Not too long after she left it, 17-year-old Adrian Rodriguez found it. And uh, Adrian Rodriguez found, uh, you know, everything uh, that was in the purse, picked it up. And not only, Mike, he didn't just give it to the store manager, which I would have done. I don't know about you, but that's what I would have done. If I would have found that purse in the parking lot, I would have been like, oh, no. Eh, I got better to take this back in. I would have taken it in. There's no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy found the idea, and he... I, I got you there. It took me a little bit, okay. but I was like, wait a That's second. Okay, a wait guy. a second. I'm not taking any money. <laughs> no. Anyways. Um, he took the purse all the way back to her house. He's found the ID in the purse and was like, I am hand-delivering this to mm. her house. Now, Eliana wasn't there, uh, but her, her roommates were, and they were just like, oh, my God, it's such a nice thing. 17-year-old dude just bringing this purse all the way back up. And so they decided to post it on social media, and uh, someone set up a GoFundMe to reward Adrian. And uh, for his honesty, it has collected $17,000 for Adrian. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 And uh, NBC News called up with Adrian to ask him about the incident, and he said, quote, My mom always told me since I was little to always do the right thing when nobody's around. If someone found my stuff, I'd want them to bring it back to me. Yes. Yes, Yes, Adrian. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We need to be more like Adrian right Mm -hmm. there. That is what I am saying, man. I was super impressed by that. And like I said. That's amazing, yeah. I would, I, I definitely would not have touched any of her stuff, and I would have taken it back into the store, but I would not have uh, gone to her house to make sure she got it, which, you know, is an extra step when you think about it, because a lot of times, I mean, the store's not going to call that person most of the time. That store yeah. manager hates their job. They don't care. They're they just put it in it. some lost and yeah, found. They don't care. They're like, they don't care. Yeah. And then like uh, this. And then yeah. then the lady comes and a different manager is working at that time and and she's like, "Hey, did you guys find my purse?" And that manager's like, 
Nah, I don't think so. I don't know. We don't have any mm-hmm. purses. And then it's never found again. So yeah. the step taking it to the house, huge step. Yeah. Way for to sure. go. Mm-hmm. Way to go. And rewarded handsomely. Seventeen thousand. That's a, that is a nice reward, and I'm sure it's more than that now because you know it was GoFundMe, so I'm sure it's probably like yeah, well, twenty five thousand now or yeah, something. Yeah, but with the inflation, you know, it's probably down a few bucks. I don't know. But now, 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 it's, <laughs> it's only worth ten dollars. <laughs> Wait, what? Exactly, Mike. We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than founding member of Dispatch, Brad Corrigan, right here on the Doc G Show. This Mucho Yellow and it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. the show everybody today we are super happy to be welcoming possibly two gentlemen we'll see if zoom allows us to have two but one gentleman at least that started the band dispatch who just released their eighth studio album last year and are currently on tour with oar coming to saint augustine amphitheater september 4th mr brad corgan brad how's it going Oh, it's going good. We're finally back out on the road, so we're super stoked. Very nice, very nice. Well, how's uh, how you finished up the California tour or shows? How how did those go? Man, they've uh, they've been really emotional ones. You know, it feels so good to come on. It's been four years since our last full tour. We did some festivals in nineteen, but eighteen is the last time that we were you know fully rolling on the road. So. I think just everybody, you know, and our collective experience in the last three or four years and just being back together and happy and healthy and able to make music again. And then this pairing with OAR and G Love kind of allowing us to reach back and remember some of our historical roots in a way that we haven't for a long time. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it feels great to, to get to make music again. I can I can say I've got to talk to G Love just a little bit uh, thanks to the show and uh, he's an enjoyable guy to be around. He's uh, oh man, <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. he's fun. He's fun. Well, you guys have had uh, some good times in California before. You know, looking at your band, that's you could say a pivotal moment in Dispatch history was going to California twenty two years ago. When you get invited 
sort of randomly. Like, to me, looking back now at it, it looks so sort of surreal. Like, I think some of maybe the young listeners out there, it, it, it would make sense to them now. Like, yeah, of course. But, like, you're this Northeast band in 2000, getting some momentum in the Northeast, and all of a sudden you get offered to do a spring festival at a college in Southern California. Now, the reasoning behind that was because basically you guys had built up a following because of, of Napster and other like file sh sharing services. Did you know that when you were first offered that that gig at that festival? No, no we had no idea. We, I mean, we didn't even know what Napster was. Like the show, the show caught us so off guard that we got the invite. Then I think we flew red eyes to get from like having played a show in Boston where we'd played for like five years and built up a fan base of maybe 500 people. And, you know, half of them maybe singing along to going to California, expecting 50 people to be there who are probably related to us or doing us a favor and there's like maybe 750 or 1,000 people that are in the room, and most of them are singing along. I mean, we looked at each other like we were, you know, getting punked. We were like, what is happening? And I remember afterwards, we were so amped and asked someone, like, how did this happen? Like, what what's the story here? And they're like, you don't know Napster? And so Chad, you know, kind of like played dumb fool. Like, of course, yeah, is, Napster. Is Napster a, a friend? Is Napster a crazy, is this a person? <laughs> they're like, Come on, man. You don't know Napster. So they literally explained to us, like, your music now, anyone can listen to it anywhere. And we're like, whatever this is, this is brilliant. And and you you had never, like, up to that point, I mean, any other file sharing, like LimeWire or BearShare, you never... Wow. Clue. I can barely still turn on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I hit a little bit of the, like, the second residual wave of that because I... Uh, went to college a couple of years after that. I was in undergrad around 2005, and one of my good friends, he had an exchange, uh, one of his friends was an exchange student from England, and every time we'd go to a party, he'd break out the acoustic guitar, and everybody loved him because he had a British accent. So, of course, you gotta be around the guy that has the British accent. And yeah. one of his favorite things to play whenever we were at a party was the general and like i uh -huh. i had no clue what that song was like i hadn't heard of you guys up to that point and like i thought at first he made that song and it's like that song is awesome and he was like oh i didn't do it that dispatch did it and in my head when i heard him because he's he's british i thought you guys were british and then once i actually found you guys out i was like we always wanted to be british we thought it might be an to make a music in such a way <laughs> it definitely yeah. it definitely helps we went to england thinking you know we played london twice i think uh sometime in the mid 2000s and we we're like do people think that like the way we talk right now is cool the way that like when someone from britain comes over or australia comes over i'm not sure how i can if i don't know what the answer is but you know we tried <laughs> well I, uh, you know, like I said, I fell, I fell in love with the general. Um, it's, it's such a good song. And I was reading actually one of the, sort of like the, the background on that song. It said you guys, when you were recording it, the engineer fell asleep on you guys and you and yep, you and on. Chad were just basically taking turns recording, pressing record. 
Yeah, we got there. He'd had a rough night. I mean, he's literally nodding as he's like over the soundboard. And Chad and I are like, dude, we played for like a whole year to pay for this one day of studio time. Let's go. So he fell asleep. And, you know, there, thankfully there's a big red button that's stop, a big green button that's records. And and then Pete, our bandmate, uh, our third bandmate, spiked a fever and wasn't even able to come in that day. So Chad and I just bounced back and forth like, all right, I think this is the local mic. All right, I think this is the djembe. And just, you know, cobbled together the song. And uh, there's a really fun, ridiculous energy in the recording because we're like, we don't know what we're doing or if this is going to last. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it comes through, but it, it's one of your most popular songs. And a lot of artists that I have on the show, whenever we talk about like that pivotal song or that that big song in their career, they always say, well, that's, it's such an easy song to create. Like, we didn't even try, um, you know, and it's sort of almost frustrating in a way because they get this this huge appreciation from this song. Was that one of those songs like that when you guys, guys wrote it? No. Um, well, I mean, Ch Chad would be the one to say how easily it came to him. Um, but I would say, like, so Pete and I at the time were, were just listening to him play the song to us mm -hmm. and we didn't really have a riff centered song yet. So the first thing we thought was like, well, that's a really cool riff, you know, kind of Hendrix inspired. And we were impressed that, that Chad had incorporated that into a really cool chord progression. But then when he started singing uh, the song about the general, you know, kind of the spirit of the tune came out fully we were just like what is this there was even another verse i mean it was such a long song with so many lyrics firing but i think our first impression was like oh that's really cool we got to cut it in half um and instead i think we just cut one particular verse to the current length but I don't know. It was a really interesting thing. You know, we were only a band for a year and a half, maybe two years when Chad brought that song to us. And I just think, you know, to me, I was like, I cannot fathom how that song arrived to, you know, in terms of the music or the lyric. There's something really special about it. All of us, even in our early 20s, were just like, why? why there's such a history of violence and in the world is just it hurts to mm -hmm. to look at it and then to see how violent we continue to be and what a power struggle looks like between nations and even between people in the same nation so there was kind of like a it was an early stake that you know in the road kind of an early thing for us to say well the three of us even though we're in our early 20s and we're all trying to figure out who we are and what we agree on and what we disagree on, even though we're siblings in this band, this we really believe in. Yeah. The idea of people, the idea of someone saying enough's enough, let's kind of stop the generational curse of war and inheriting the bias of our mothers and fathers and everything that they went through. So, you know, um, I'm glad that that song is you know, a North Star for our band because, you know, even playing it the other night, someone had bought a Ukrainian flag. I think it was in Paso Robles. It's probably like eight feet long and four feet wide. And the crowd passed the, the flag all the way up to the stage. Excuse me, the chills now. And to see that land on stage and Chad learned how to sing the general in Russian. 
a couple months ago and we sing the chorus and you know part of the chorus live now in russian and to hold that flag up and play the song you know i think the song will always have a, sadly i think the song will always have a place in the world because there will always be war and there will always be uh, a, a cry for peace in the midst of it I, I was about to bring up you know you guys released the song in russian there and and i sort of followed the the progression uh, I, I read the article in Rolling Stone as far as uh, de- describing how Chad sort of learned it in Russian. And you say you you did the the chorus in it. How long did it take you to just get the chorus down in Russian? Because I'm guessing you weren't fluent in Russian before you started that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I remember when uh, when Chad mentioned to me that he was working on it in Russian. Uh, you know, I thought maybe again it was just going to be a portion of the tune, and then when the recording came in my direction, I'm like, Oh my gosh, the whole song. Whoa. So then we wanted to release a Spotify, a song that could be, you know, on the DSP. So I listened to it and Chad started sending me slow-mo voice memos of key lines. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just started like singing against that. And we recorded the chorus and pre-chorus, I think for the, um, for the Spotify version of it and then playing live. It's just, it's there. It, you move from like playing a song that's really entertaining to the moment you're singing it now in a different language and trying obviously to honor the language and then thinking, Whoa, this is happening right now in the world. I don't know. There's just a gravity or a weight to it that, uh, yeah, you're like, how am I playing in a band right now in front of people? And the biggest struggle for me right now is just like play the songs well. While families are, you know, ducking from bullets flying overhead. They're hearing jets flying overhead. The, the sound of war is their soundtrack while we're hearing people clap. You know, all of that happening at the same time is... I don't know. It's it's a lot, but what I mean, we're really grateful for where we are. And if we didn't sing with our full heart about wanting peace to replace war in the world, I don't know what we'd be singing about. And I'm not sure if we'd feel good taking up that space. Well, I mean, you do you do hope somebody hears it in Russia that needs to hear it. Maybe somebody higher up somebody in the chain I, I i think it'd fall on deaf ears with putin but at least somewhere in the line um yep. uh well i mean you know playing with that purpose I, I wanted to talk about that because you guys obviously you took a, a, a sort of a well-known hiatus there from 2002 2011 and you know during that time uh you guys played huge show there uh, at Madison Square Garden in 2007, and that was for Zimbabwe, and it sold out two times. You had three shows there. The first one sold out in 30 minutes, which is insane. Um, but I was wondering, is that because I heard when you guys came back from the hiatus, you had this idea that okay, now we're going to do, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a philanthropic wing. That's gonna be part of what this band is is trying to, you know, help others. Did that show with Madison Square Garden really sort of get the wheels turning on that, or was that something that was always on the back burner anyway? 
I think uh, it's a really good question. I think for us, it's like a conversation where you can, you can look at your music as an end in itself and just kill it. You can try to perfect something and absolutely destroy the connection with it and the joy in it because you're just trying to craft something that is only a piece of art and it, and it does nothing and you don't see or feel like, wait, is it an end in itself or is it a means? So, you know, early in your career, you're so self-centered, song-centered, album-centered, ticket-centered that you can kind of choke the life out of the thing that you love to do. Um, as soon as music becomes a means where you love the songs, you're always reaching, you're always trying to do better with the work that you create, but you realize that it's like, it's a, it's a journey and it, it can be an open doorway. It, songs can be a doorway into, you know, questions of what does racism look like? What is, uh, what aspects of social justice can be carried inside a song or, or, you know, just every human relates to heartbreak. Every human relates to suffering and loss. And thankfully music is a place where you can go and ask a lot of big questions and also find a lot of solace and just trying to release, you know, emotions that you can't necessarily put into words. Um, Dispatch Zimbabwe, I think for us was, wow, how could you not then follow up with what we experienced here? Maybe there's a way for us to burn out less if we're able to incorporate the things that really inspire us and give us purpose offstage. Is there a way to kind of bring it all together without strong-arming our fans, without, you know, all of a sudden soapboxing up there? And I think for Chad and I in particular, you know, as we realized that, like, all right, we will always try to create the best record and the best experience on the road. But, you know, we're dads now. Um, how could we not ask those questions? How could we not try to pair our tour with putting spotlight on so many people that are born, you know, in a zip code close by and had no access to the things that we did? Or, you know, this particular tour we're taking... You know, uh, we're almost hitting pause on all the things that we've done in the past to look at what mass incarceration looks like in our country. Because in five minutes talking with someone who is really well versed in that, I'm like, that cannot possibly be. Those statistics, there's no way. And it is true. We are the most incarcerated country in the world. We call ourselves the land of the free and we're the land of the incarcerated. And the two closest countries to us, Russia is the second most incarcerated. Iran is the third most incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our of Russia and you know what we've done with Iranians and Russians and where we think they are. And we are and, and it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the numbers are, but it's not even close. Russia is a distant second and Iran is a distant third. So it's been, you know, we're learning. We are not experts in this. We don't know what the right answer is, but we do know you can't unsee that. You can't unhear that once you're taking a look at it. Well, real, real quick, we have we have one hundred and eighty two billion dollars put into the cost of incarceration because I uh, and uh, you're right. Uh, countries that we'd actually think are, are you know, on our 
you know, we respect Japan has 38 incarcerations per 100,000 people. Uh, Finland has 53. And then uh, Louisiana has an, 1,094 per 100,000 people. So, you know, yeah. So we definitely, there's a lot, uh, uh, a lot to... Uh, improve there and it's definitely a worthy cause for your uh for your t- tour for sure before you go i know you have to go but uh one last question on the tour here with oar i know you've got the show coming up uh at fiddler's green amphitheater there uh where you used to work way back when uh how how excited are you for that show oh man i can't even i, I can't even make yet i'm so blown away thinking i used to drive a golf cart and deliver kegs and ice and carry the radio and try to cheat my way into sound checks and now i get to jump up on that stage with these guys gonna be great and this is the first time playing it yeah i'm and my family will be there and so and so yeah it's gonna be a special one fantastic that is a super awesome memory to have uh Brad, we can't wait for you to come down here to St. Augustine. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the Doc G Show. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, St. Augustine sold out. I mean, St. Augustine, we've done it. We're so amped. Thank you. We we always we always bring the heat for live music in Florida. That's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, listeners, make sure to check out all things Dispatch at DispatchMusic.com. You can follow them on social media at Dispatch Music. Right now, let's take a listen to one of my favorites off the new album, Legend of Connie Hawkins, right here on the Doc G Show. MJ.
Here on the Doc G a show, you just heard the legacy of Connie Hawkins right here on the Doc G a show. You just heard Dispatch, Brad Corrigan, great guy, fantastic dude. Good thing to get some background information there on the old on the old general. It's wild, Mike. I I still never. I know I bring it up all the time in different interviews, but it amazes me how lightning strikes on some of these amazing songs and there's almost no effort in that lightning like it's this effortless process and they're just like oh and our biggest selling hit that's known by millions and millions and millions of people and everybody loves it and like Mm -hmm. i mean they recorded that and their engineer was passed out during the whole recording and those two were just sitting there pressing the the record button themselves like all right record 
Okay, record. And that's before everybody had GarageBand. This is 97 mm -hmm. or 6. Like, they were paying big money to be in a studio. This dude's passed out behind the mixing board, and they're over there like, play? Okay. All right, there we go. Like... They recorded all that, and they had no idea what they were recording, and it comes out to be their biggest song that they play as, you know, one of their closing songs every single night. It's insane. Yeah. Love it. It's pretty incredible. Those, those are always awesome stories. You ever hear about the guy, I can't remember the artist, but he, wo he wo like woke up in the middle of the night, just hummed this yeah. tune into his into something, and then it became like the biggest hit ever. Oh, there's so many uh, of those, though. Yeah. There, there's so many of just those. So it's wild. like I said. I mean, so many Lightning. of the artists that we've had on the show, it's like they'll just think of a tune in their head, and all of a sudden they'll write it down. It'll take them five minutes to write that song. Yeah. And, and I can see, and I always tell them, I can see why it's so frustrating that then all of a sudden there are other songs that they actually have to work on and mm -hmm. create and craft don't sell and then they're like well, that song took me five effing minutes come on man yeah like i mean but most of them get it most of them appreciate like who cares if it took me five minutes or 17 hours it's still paying all of my bills and everybody loves it that's awesome you know and, yeah for sure for sure and i mean the general has such a good message general has a message no, no, no wars mm -hmm. worth fighting. Don't, 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 don't fight it. You know, and yeah, and so. it's amazing too that he turned it all like they did it all in Russian. They re-released it all in Russian for the Ukrainian hmm. population. So hopefully somebody in Russia would hear the words of it. And like, of course, neither of them speak Russian. They had to learn that whole thing. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah, that is wild. Anywho. Thanks to Brad for being on the show. Can't wait uh, to see him in St. Augustine. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, since they are such balling fans, who knows? I might bring down a basketball. We might just ball a little bit before. I'll find a hoop. Let's do it. I'll find yeah, a hoop somewhere in St. Augustine, I'm sure. I'll jump in there too, yeah. Doc G. I'm down. No, no, no. It's, it's around the time you've got your show in Orlando. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Get you, get you head on up. It's not too, yeah. too far of a drive. Um, not at all. Mike. We've got to do it. It's time. It's time for one of the fastest growing segments in the nation. Mm, top three. The Doc G top three. You know it. The Doc G top three. You know it, Mike. And this one, you were pretty excited. I could feel the energy when I texted you the topic. Yeah. I, could, I could feel it. Yeah. The top three movies that you have seen in theaters. Rule is it mm -hmm. has to be in a theater. It had to move you. It had yeah. to move you. Now, I told mm -hmm. Mike automatically when I told him this topic, most of mine, old guys, sorry. They're, they are not mo new movies. Nope. Because as mm -hmm. uh, any regular listener of the show knows, I haven't seen a movie in theaters in like, I don't know, nine years. I can't remember what we decided on. But it's been a very <laughs> long time. Very, very. Yeah, and until same. we get a little bit better on the whole illness in the world, I'm not going into a theater. I'm not going into that barrel of disease. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I will watch it on yeah. my couch. Anywho, Mike, give me your top. Give me your th third. What's your third? So my third would be The Matrix. Mm. Um, yeah, I saw that as a kid. I don't think I was too old when I saw it, and I also it came out like '99, not... I think something like that. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember understanding the movie at all. I could not understand the storyline. I had no idea what these people were doing, but I did know it was an important film that I was watching based on... I am I am the same way when I saw it. I definitely was the same way. Uh, I didn't really... Yeah. I didn't really get... Like, I got it. I was like, okay, there's this, like, world, and there's another world, mm-hmm. and they're trying to yeah. get, like... But I, I didn't... And then, then after, I was like, oh. Then then you go back, watch it, like, three years later, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, you'd yeah. probably be in my top ten... If I did a top ten, it definitely would be up there. My number three, mm-hmm. this is going way back, way back, but a great one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, you saw that in theaters? Saw oh, the first the one? The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, man, that's great. I want to say it was for like my brother's like eighth birthday or something like that. Uh, I was just the amazing. nerdy brother tag-along that, that, that I had to come because my parents wouldn't let him go see it with his friends alone, obviously, because he's only like eight or nine, but so good. We were all coming yeah. out of the theater, ninja kicking the walls, <laughs> yeah, yeah, barrel yeah. <laughs> rolling over everything, cowabunga in this, cowabunga yeah. in that. Oh, Eating gosh. pizza. I wanted to yeah. be I wanted to be Michelangelo so hard, you don't even yeah. know. So hard, yeah, listeners. Cool one. Not because of the orange. Don't get it twisted. Like Mike said, because he was the party dude. That's why I wanted yeah. to be Michelangelo. He was fun. He was the fun dude. I mean, everybody was like, oh, Raphael can fight. Leonardo's super smart. Or Donatello's super smart. Leonardo leads. No, no, no. You want to be the party dude. You want to be the party dude. Um, Mm -hmm. Mike, number two, what do you got? Random. uh, Deep Impact with uh, Elijah Wood. And uh, yeah, I think Samuel L. Jackson was the president. He was. He was. Yes. Now, I will say, Uh, I never saw that one in theater. I didn't see it. Oh, man, that was wild. So that one was the first, um, I think, movie that caused me a existential dread, I was, and I didn't know what that word meant at the I time. I was about to say, I feel like I wouldn't put that one on my list just because I'd be like, oh, God, oh, nightmares. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. no, no, thank you. But, but I can see how it'd be significant, you know, how it'd mm-hmm. be a big, yeah. how it'd be a deep impact. I can see how that yeah. would be. Hey, it was very, very much a deep impact. The wave. It was the wave. The wave going oh, over the oh, city. Oh, yeah, that's that a was, big terror was, of yours. You uh, yes. that I, nightmare, nightmare dreams. Was was, yeah. was it from that movie? You think? Um, I don't know, but I think that movie it definitely you know, helped. Gave it. me now a visual. Definitely it gave me a visual for what it would look like. Yeah, definitely and, fed. Uh, and all that. Definitely mm-hmm. fed the fear. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it didn't happen when you yeah. went to uh, Hawaii, so there you go. That's good. Yeah. Thank God. There you go. Yeah. Um, Mike, my number two. Uh, it formed basically everything about my life, along with Ninja Turtles, for like the first eight years. <laughs> Ace Ventura. <laughs> Ace Ventura, the original. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. And and then I got it on VHS, and I memorized, not an exaggeration, every single word of that movie. Nice. Not an exaggeration. And I had so many teachers after that that would be like, you act so much like Jim Carrey. And I was like, (laughs) you have made my life, madam. Thank you. Thank you. Like it was. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh! Just so many good lines from that movie. So yeah. many, where he's looking for Snowflake and it's the shark, and he gets. Yeah, a t- that was the big one. Yeah. It's not Snowflake. Oh my <laughs> gosh! So good. 
Oh, man. Love that movie. Love it, Mike. All right. Do not go in there. Woo! Oh, man. <laughs> Requoted that. I, I had that as a personal quote of mine for a long time. So, so good. That one. There were so yeah. many things in that movie. Like I said, there were so many things in that movie that uh, one of my favorites, you know, where, where he's in the police uh, station and uh, Lieutenant Einhorn comes up behind him. She's like, Ace Ventura. Yes, Satan? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were somebody else. Oh, I used to do that one all the time to people. Oh, Hilarious. All right, Mike, you're number one. What do you got? Number one for me, again, very random, Team America, World Police. Wow. I was falling. I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. I fell out of my movie theater seat. I was on the ground with the sticky soda and popcorn laughing so hard. It was the sex scene for me. That was like, I was hunched over. Love it. Love it. You reminded me, actually, I almost want to change one of mine now. Honorable mention on mine, (laughs) uh, it would be uh, um, um, Austin Powers, uh, the the, the Uh, first one. I saw Austin Powers, me and my friends, my, my mom dropped us off at the theater. And uh, we were the only ones in the theater. Sweet. Mm. And we literally like were sitting in the aisles, like just lying down in the aisles. And it was the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen. It was so hilarious. awesome. That's so good awesome. movie. So good. My number one though, super awesome memory. It's just the whole deal. We saw it. We saw it on New Year's Eve. Mm. I can't remember if it was '93 or '94, but I was quite a young buck, and. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, gosh. Yes. Saw it in theaters. Whole family. I think it was like the yeah. last time my whole family went to a movie. Because, again, the rest of my family is pretty much like me. We don't go to <laughs> movies. So I think my mom and dad were like, and call that a day. We're not doing that anymore. Done. But I remember we went out to eat. And then afterwards, it was a late movie, like it was like mm-hmm. a, like eight o'clock and something insane oh, yeah. like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went and saw it, and I was just like, I, I just loved it so much, man. Just Robin Williams, just just do, being Robin Williams, man. Just, yeah. I mean, just like that that original scene. I don't know if you remember the the movie listeners, but at the beginning, he has a party for his son, and that's what... Jump around. Yeah, playing House of Pain, jump around. He's jumping on the table. They got an animal farm going on outside. They got the birthday cake getting eaten by a goat. And I was just like, oh my God, that dad is so fun. I want to be with that dad. And then, of course, the the mom yells at him. I'm like, why are you yelling, mom? He's super fun. Don't be... (laughs) Don't... Don't be such a drag. And then he gets his life together. It's just such a great movie. Just so great. Oh, that was my number one, Mike. Loved it. That's Loved a it. that's a good movie. I remember watching that movie and being like, "That's what my parents are like. That's what's going on here. <laughs> that's oh, this is oh, they're gonna get divorced. My dad's gonna play a woman and try to sneak in and <laughs> hang out with us more. This is really. I hope that happens. That will scar me for life, uh, mm-hmm. even more so than the divorce. <laughs> Uh, the what's weird about it, the uh, the Sally Fields character reminded me of my mom. Not so much because of the way she acted, just because my mom sort of looks like Sally Fields in that movie. Mm. Had the same mm. haircut, sort of same look. It's very si- similar. Yeah, my dad's sort of very uh, very small 
similarity to to Robin Williams. Not with all the makeup on, of course. The the of course. regular Robin Williams. Not yeah. nearly as hairy a arms as Robin yeah. Williams. Man, he had some hair. He had. He was, he was a, a furry dude. A yeah, he furry was. dude. Uh, anywho, great movies. Both lists, fantastic. Mike, I will say yours was a little bit more random. Mine was a little <laughs> bit more. Like I told good, you, it, it time, was scoped yeah. in an area right in one. Like I'd say, what is that? 90 to 95 was my mm-hmm. list. Right in there. Yeah. Boop. Anywho, okay, Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. I don't think you're going to get either of these, but we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, Born on July 27th, 1993 in Dallas, Texas, our birthday suit wearer started learning how to play golf at a young age. He learned at the Brookhaven Country Club. He won the U.S. Junior Amateur Tournament twice in 2009 and 2011, becoming the only person besides Tiger Woods to win it twice. In 2011, he went to the University of Texas to play golf, and he helped them win a NCAA championship. He decided to turn professional his sophomore year. In 2015, he was the runner-up to the Masters. Um, Or, sorry, 2014. He was a runner-up to the Masters, but it was 2015 that he became the number one ranked golfer in the world, winning both the U.S. Open and the Masters in the same year. He wasn't. Uh, he hasn't seen the same success since then, though. But he has won 13 tours, uh, 13 tour wins. He's currently ranked 12th in the world. Name that birthday suit wear. Hmm. No idea. Yeah. No idea who it is. <laughs> Jordan Spieth. Jordan uh, okay. Spieth. Have you heard the name? No. I've heard the name. Definitely heard yeah. Jordan. But if you would have given me that, I would yeah. not have gotten it. But he's know. turning the the two nine one more year. Twenty nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Young Buck. Turn one yeah. more one more year in the twenties. Uh, and he's he's still the twelfth rank uh, golfer in the world. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. Good for him. Yeah. It's uh, I would judge myself like the seven hundred millionth golfer in the world, <laughs> somewhere around there. I mean, you gotta imagine. There's like I would say like probably like a billion golfers in the world, something like that. Mm. I'd say I'm better yeah. than a couple hundred million of them. Like you know the ones that can barely swing and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. I've definitely got a swing. I can get a drive out there of like three hundred yards. I can get it okay. out there. Yeah. Granted, it I'm takes me like a that. while. Uh, you yeah. Know. Same. I th- I'm probably in like the nine hundred. Okay. Fifty five hundred. We'll have to. We'll have <laughs> like to hit. N- <laughs> we'll have to hit top golf one Way time. Out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. have to give it a shot. Literally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Me, you, Sweetie, no longer Pat Benatar. She won't give it a shot. Nope. She will yeah. not. She's, She's not gonna give any shots. Not gonna. No. No way. Um, okay, next birthday suit. This one is comedy, but she's on the fringe, and she's not a mm. stand-up, so okay, probably not going to get it. Now, this is this is crazy. I didn't know this. Uh, born July 27th, in 1972, in Gainesville, Florida. Hey! Had no idea that she was born here in the old northeast side of Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer, though, moved to Los Angeles at a young age. Her birthday suit wearer went to Crossroads School in Santa Monica where she was friends with Gwyneth Paltrow and Jack Black. 
Word. It's a weird posse she's got going on there. Anywho, mm-hmm. she ended up going to the University of California, Santa Cruz, where she graduated with a degree in photography. Don't hear that that often. She started in nope. improv in a group called The Groundlings, which mm-hmm. I got to imagine is pretty funny because that's where she met Will Forte, one of my favorite cast members of Saturday Night Live of all time. Uh, they en- both ended up being on Saturday Night Live together. Our birthday suit wear was on the show from 2000 to 2007. She's made several guest appearances on Saturday Night Live since then in the past couple of years playing Vice President Kamala Harris. Since being on Saturday Night Live, she has several small roles in movies like uh, Prairie Home Companion, McGruber, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, The Angry Birds Movie, The Lego Movie 2, and many others. Name that birthday suit where? Yeah, no idea. Didn't think so. Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Yes. Yeah, I, I am almost positive you would know her like face if you saw her face. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, give her a look. See, give her, give her a look. Give her see, you'll, 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 you'll know her. Uh, turning the big fifty, Mike. Turning fifty. Wild. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. there. Wow, she's fifty. Yeah, no way. She is. 1972, wow. man. 1972. She looks great. Looks great. Good for her. Looks yeah. great. Happy birthday to Maya Rudolph. Happy jo- happy birthday to Jordan Spieth. And happy birthday to A-Rod. Some good birthdays there, Mike. Some good birthdays. Mm-hmm. Mike, we have yeah. a fantastic show coming up next week. I can't wait. We have a guy that's just, he's been doing it all. Such a nice guy. Max Frost is coming on the show. That's his real name. Max Frost. Nice. That's a good, very Christmassy name. It's, yeah. it, it, it seems like a stage name <laughs> that's not a stage name, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah? It's, it's, it's wild. And uh, he, he just got all kinds of great things. He's got a bunch of songs doing super, uh, super well. He had one hit a TikTok trend. It was his song, White Lies. Uh, it's over like 100 million streams on all the different services. Wild. Hmm. Wild. He's also, I'm going to ask him about this. He's good friends with Chris Bosch. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I say he's good friends with Chris Bosch because he was on Family Feud with Chris Bosch on the. Whoa, that's so weird. Yeah, the Friends and Family edition. He yeah, was part awesome. of Chris Bosch's Friends and Family. And I was like, how does that happen? How do you. How do you become good friends with Chris Bosch? Because if, if if you know, sign me up. I'll be good friends with Chris Bosch. He seems like a pretty yeah. nice guy. Yeah, he does. Although I am not a huge fan of walking around with somebody that tall. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of eyes looking at you, and then you just all the time look short, just really short all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, who's that midget? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not short, guys. I'm, I am average height. Exactly. <laughs> I'm. Come on, he's the one that's way too tall. That is not acceptable. How tall he is. But anyways, yeah. Talk, talk about a lot of different things with Max. I can't wait to talk to him. He seems like such a great guy. Um, he just did the uh, uh, Kelly and Ryan show as well. Just did it about a mm. week ago. Performed on the old Kelly and Ryan show there That's in the morning. Huge, pretty That's big, amazing. pretty big yeah. man. He he made That's it huge. not seem so glamorous on his Instagram. He did a little splice a day in the life 
of him going through everything to go uh, to the Kelly and Ryan show. And it didn't look like as glamorous as you would think. It was just sort of like, and I got ready, and I went for a run before, and here we set up on stage, and we played, and I flew back to Los Angeles. There we go. And you're like, oh. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, come on. And same, I was waiting for you to sign autographs and drink There's champagne. There's got to be more. Come on, like, yeah. But anyways, we're going to talk to him. I'm very excited, Mike. But for now, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Doc G, thank you so much for having me. What an awesome show. Of course. Great times. Of course. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo now. <laughs>